Welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast, a podcast that will encourage and inspire you in engaging with young people in Catholic youth ministry. I'm Juliana, and in today's episode number seven, Getting Married in the Catholic Church, I'm sitting down with Father Josh Nash, Catholic priest and oblate missionary, to chat about everything you need to know about getting married in the Catholic Church. So whether you're engaged and are looking into getting married in the Catholic Church, or just curious to know more about what it's like to get married in the Catholic Church, hey, you never know, this episode has you covered. So Father Josh, welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. So good to have you today. Um, So for those who don't know you, could you just explain who you are, what you do, and what's been a highlight for you working with young people in the church? So I am currently the assistant priest at St. David's Teachery Gully uh, and at St. Pius X Dernan Court. Um, I used to work in the, in the youth office here, the Catholic Office of Youth and Young Adults, in Juliana's role many means sure ag- ago. <laughs> um, so it's lovely to be back in uh, the old stomping ground uh, and to continue working with young people. Um, the highlight for me, uh, I think every experience working with young people is a highlight because just, you know, Every time you, you do something with young people, there is a vitality, there is life, there's energy in what they do. Um, anything that they do, they always put their heart and soul into, and that's what I love to see. Absolutely. That's so uplifting, isn't it? Just to grasp onto that energy of a young person. And yeah, so we've, we've gone back a bit. Um, we actually studied at uni together back yes, in the day. As well. As well as um, met in the youth ministry space. Um, so it's really great. It's like a time turner situation um, <laughs> to be talking here today. And we've got a really fun topic to talk about about getting married in the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. So, Father Josh, you've officiated and are going to officiate lots of weddings. You've told me a little bit about your schedule. And (laughs) I also recently got married in the Catholic Church. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to hold on to that newlywed title as long as I can. Um, So we're going to really hash out what it means to get married in the Catholic Church. And um, in in an exciting way, I've got some real-life questions from real-life engaged couples who are looking um, into getting married in the Catholic Church. So we'll be able to go through them and um, hash that all out. So, yeah. You ready? Seatbelt on? Let's let's do it. Let's dive in. Cool. Um, So, firstly, Father Josh, what is different about getting married in the Catholic Church? Like, what does it – what meaning does it actually hold? Well, as we know, marriage is considered a sacrament Mm. of the church. In the Catholic Church, there are seven sacraments, marriage being one of them. And the way that we define a sacrament in the church is that it is – a visible sign of an invisible reality. Mm. So it's something, the sacrament is a ritual, a man-made ritual with symbols and signs and, you know, decorations and all of this sort of stuff that helps us to, you know, symbolically celebrate something that we believe is truly happening but that is kind of greater than what words can really describe you know and and humans are naturally drawn to ritual you know and we we do that in so many other aspects of our life you think about you know like war memorials yes um or or different festivals um public holidays you know all different sort of stuff we feel the need to mark special occasions with certain rituals um and so with marriage you know, it is our way of, as a church, to say 
that we're celebrating when a man and a woman come together and uh, pronounce their love for one another and choose to live their entire lives together in this, you know, really dedicated Mm. form of love. And what that is symbolizing to us is the way that God loves us. Yeah. That God, you know, wedded himself in a sense to Israel, to his people, to say with the, you know, with the covenant, the, the many covenants made through the patriarchs and then ultimately with Jesus and his sacrifice, that covenant that says, I will never leave you. Yeah. I, I, I love you for all eternity. Nothing you can do will make me walk away from you. So that immensity of God's love is what we celebrate um, that invisible reality, in a yeah. sense, is what we celebrate in the visible sign of a man and woman making those public promises to dedicate themselves to each other and to say, I'm never walking away from you. I'm never not going to love you. Um, and that's, you know, what we celebrate with marriage. And I think that's what makes marriage in the church really special. Yeah. Because then also God works through those sacraments and, and you know, we believe that God's spirit is very much at power, uh, you know, when we yeah. are gathered and, and we're celebrating any sacrament. And in that also what's happening in a, in a Catholic marriage is that the blessing of God is coming down upon this man and woman who God has seen them take up his commandment yeah. to love one another as Jesus loved us by laying down their lives for one another. God sees that and God blesses that. Yeah. So in that moment... Um, the bride and groom are being sanctified by God because of their commitment to his commandments. Um, And he's using the bride and groom uh, as agents of his salvation. Because every sacrament is the church's way of continuing God's mission in the world to help redeem humanity. And so also what we see in a Catholic wedding, particularly through the prayers, the readings, the blessing of the priest at the end, is how the bride, as a woman who has fully and freely consented to love the man that is before her as God intended, she is she is fully doing God's will and therefore becoming like a new Eve. Yeah. And she's undoing that original disobedience of Eve through her obedience to live God's law of love. Yeah. And so that woman is actually a part of God's redeeming mission in the world, that her her yes to love is, is a part of God's salvation, you know, bringing love into the world. And likewise, the groom is then brought by his, by his bride into that holiness, just as Adam was brought by Eve first into sinfulness, now we see the redemption of both man and woman through this bonding of their union of love and their dedication to live out their love for the rest of their lives until they themselves enter into God's heavenly kingdom. So it's it's really amazing how we see all of this at play in a Catholic marriage. And when we understand that, we understand why we celebrate it. Yeah, absolutely. And that really deeper meaning, that deeper ritual and, and that blessing. So when you, um, you know, as a couple go through hard times or, you know, the challenges that await that God's grace is with you in that, um, it's just so beautiful to have that that deeper meaning and to really intentionally 
place God in your marriage. Like for, for me, when I got married, it was really important, um, you know, to give thanks to God for, you know, this wonderful man, my husband that I'd met and our love story and really just wanting to intrinsically welcome God into this new step and to ask for his blessings, for his grace. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's so beautiful to really grasp that spiritual element um, and bring God in along in that journey. So thanks so much for um, giving us a rundown on that. Um, so we're also going to have a bit of a chat about the more practical things. Um, there's different processes and different questions that, that people have about getting married. Um, so segueing a bit into the more practical stuff. Um, so if someone's, you know, a couple have gotten engaged, they're keen to get married um, and wanting to do it in the Catholic Church, how far ahead um, do they need to arrange things to get married in the Catholic Church? I would say um, anywhere between about nine and 12 months yep. um, is probably a good timing to start to get in contact with a priest um, in order to figure out, um, you know, uh, if he was if he's willing to perform the ceremony for them. Um, obviously, um, you know, if you're if you're practicing Catholics, um, uh, then the, the normal thing would be to go to your parish priest um, and to to request you request any sacrament from your parish priest. So to go to your parish priest and to talk about wanting to be married. Um, for those who, who maybe don't attend mass regularly, don't feel exactly connected to a certain yeah. parish, yeah. then that might be hard, you know? And so maybe you go back to the parish where you were baptised um, or, or, or a, a church that is somewhat significant to you. Um, uh, maybe you want to get married like at your school chapel or something like that. Um, but any of that would, f- again, fall into a certain parish. And it's always good to go through that parish first to talk about what requirements they have of, of couples getting married yeah. there. And then they may have a contact for you to, to you know, get another priest in if, the, if that one's not available. Yeah, and I noticed that when um, I got married, like for a lot of record keeping, they'd ask, you know, what parish are you from, things like that. So maybe also to expect um, along the journey, someone's going to ask for the paperwork, like what Mm. parish you're you're linked to. So, um, yeah, it could even be like if if you're not really sure where to start, maybe just hopping to um, a Sunday mass in the, the church in your local suburb. Um, the Archdiocese of Adelaide has a fantastic app actually where you can put in your suburb and it will literally ping the different churches around and tell you the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and even maybe just asking around as well, um, you know, if a relative or a grandparent or a friend um, to, to sort of link you to someone that, you know, might be a, a good choice. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned before, you know, there is a, a lot of paperwork, a lot yes. of different um, things that need to be prepared. Um, so um, definitely with some of the paperwork, they need to start to be filled out at least six months yes. before the, the wedding um, and no later than one month before the wedding. And that's actually legal. Like yeah. um, that's one thing. Is this is the government The paperwork. government. <laughs> yeah. So don't all believe those movies where people all of a sudden <laughs> on a whim go into some wedding chapel or get yeah. married on uh, on a cliff at sunset in Hawaii. Um, no, you no. can't. You can't. <laughs> this stuff needs to be prepared <laughs> beforehand. So leave at least a year, if not, nine or six months, um, you know, to, to start planning this and to get in contact with a priest and, and you know, because then he'll start to ask you for certain things um, that you may need to go and find certain paperwork and all of that sort of stuff for. So to give yourself a good amount of time. Plenty of time. Yeah. 
And um, like you were saying before, not everyone may be part of like a, um, a parish where they go to church regularly. So just so you know, it can be a bit of a, a daunting thing to just sort of rock up and be like, hello, could you please marry me? So even though it can be something quite daunting, just remember that this is really normal for our parish priests. They're there to serve you, to help you in this. They've done this many of times. They've accompanied lots of different couples. Um, and I know from my experience, Father Michael, who, who married me and my husband, was just so filled with joy and so lovely at every step to accompany us on that journey. You know, even though it can be daunting to take that step, don't worry, there's someone really ready to, to be there to support you in this yeah. who's ready for this. Yeah, And, uh, you know, and according to the law of the church, any faithful, any any baptised person in the church has the right to request the sacraments from their pastor. Yeah. That you have the right to your sacraments. So don't be afraid to go and ask for these things from, from any priest, you know, particularly your parish priest. Like it is their legal responsibility to be providing you with these beautiful sacraments of the church, you know. And, and yeah, that's why we also become priests because we find great joy in, in accompanying people at these really important parts um, or times of their lives. So um, have the guts to, to go and do it. Like don't be asking mum or grandma to go and you know, hassle the parish priest after Sunday mass because that'll probably get him on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. He wants to talk to you. Yes. So just go straight forward and have the guts to, to speak to him. Um, invite him out for a coffee maybe so you can have the space to, to really talk about uh, what you're looking for. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that what Jesus said? Don't be afraid. Uh, so many times. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking. You mentioned a little bit before that there's um, actual government requirements and documentation. Um, so just to prepare people that, yep, no, you can't just elope on the in the forest on the mountaintop. What sort of um, documentation do we need to, you know, have at hand or be prepared to fill out for this? So when it comes to uh, yeah preparing paperwork for marriage, there are three government forms that need to be filled out. So. Firstly, there is a um, notification of marriage. Yeah. Um, so this is the one that needs to be filled out anywhere between six months to one month before the wedding. Yeah. Um, and this is the that, that legal notification that you are notifying a, a government-mandated celebrant to say, we are preparing for marriage. And it gives them kind of... Uh, it gives yourselves also a bit of a calling-off period yes. to say, okay, we've said this. Uh, is anything kind of coming up maybe that is telling us maybe we shouldn't, you yes, know? Yes, yeah. So it gives you that time to really think about what you're going into. Um, and then also you need to sign a declaration of no legal impediment. Mm -hmm. um, so the impediments, those things that would cause you not to be married in in terms of the government law would be whether if you're under 18, yep. um, if you're already married to another person. No polygamy, um, yep. Yeah, um, and uh, if you're related to, to, the, to the person <laughs> that you wish to marry. Um, so um, you have to sign a legal document to say that you are over 18, you're not married to any other person not a at, sister the, wife. at that yep. time, yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, and that, that you're, you're not related yep. to your spouse. Yep. Um, and then finally you have the official certificate of marriage um, as a government form, um, which you fill out beforehand, but then that's the one that you actually sign on the day. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, then the church has a, a form um, that needs to be filled out, um, which is called a prenuptial inquiry. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's probably where the priest will start off. Yes. Um, by Because by that is quite a thorough um, 
form, right? Lots yeah. of different questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very thorough investigation yep. into uh, the couple and it's like, you know, uh, what's your name and, you know, how old are you? Well, have you been baptised? Have you been confirmed? How long have you been in a relationship? How long have you been considering marriage? And, you yep. know, so really um, getting to the, the bottom line of it. Yeah. Um, and so the prenuptial inquiry from the church is really good um, to be done first because then mm-hmm. that also provides the priest with most of the information that they need for the government yep. forms as well. So um, to get a head start on that, it would probably be uh, wise of you to locate your birth certificate, uh, request a recent baptismal certificate from where you were baptised. Um, so in the church, any sacrament that is done is the information of that sacrament is sent back to your place of baptism. Mm-hmm. So alongside your baptismal record is the record of all other sacraments that you've received. Yeah. So even though mum may have saved your little baptismal certificate. I have that from, so crum- crumpled up. Yeah. So <laughs> Illegible. They yeah. might have kept that from the day 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, but that's not good enough. Yeah. Because that doesn't tell us when you received your first communion, when you were confirmed, etc. So you have to contact the the parish where you were baptised, they would have all these records, you know, in a, in a digital system now. Um, and it'd be the matter of, of the secretary, um, uh, you know, getting a, a copy of that recent baptismal certificate that has all the updated information and emailing it Easy. to you or posting it to you. So um, that's a, a really good thing to get started on and get prepared early. Um, and as I said, birth certificate, passport, driver's licence, all those sorts of things for the government paperwork are, are good to have on hand and up to date and correct and all of that sort of stuff. Amazing. And that's probably something going into getting married in the Catholic Church. I didn't realise that you also do the government paperwork as well. So it's mm. like a two for one. Two for one special. special right, right at the local <laughs> parish. So um, just one final thing I want to check. Um, who can preside over a Catholic wedding? So in the Catholic Church, um, any ordained minister can preside over a wedding. So in the Catholic Church, we have three tiers of ordained ministry. So first of all, we have deacons. Now, deacons may be men who are preparing for priesthood, Mm -hmm. and they are first ordained as a transitional deacon before they're ordained as a priest. We also have uh, men who... um, who are ordained as permanent deacons. Um, And these men can actually be married as well and have families and have jobs, um, but they are ordained for a specific ministry in the church as well. And a deacon can marry people um, as well as uh, read the gospel and preach at a mass. They can baptise people and they can conduct funerals if it's outside of the mass. Yes. Um, so a deacon, a priest, or a bishop yep. can preside over a wedding. Amazing. So you, you've got you've got options um, <laughs> with that as well. Okay. So um, down to a few practical things. Um, we've got some questions here that some engaged couples have sent to us. So the first one I've got up: Does it matter if um, one person in the couple isn't Catholic? Can they still get married in the Catholic Church? Yes, they can. Um, so. Obviously, the Catholic Church kind of prefers that both the parties to the marriage are Catholic. But we also understand here in Australia, um, in a multicultural and and religiously pluralistic society, that people are going to fall in love that are not necessarily from the same religion or same denomination. So there are uh, legal stipulations um, from the church to allow for dispensations 
um, for a Catholic person to marry someone who is either from another Christian denomination or from an entire other religion altogether. And so what would happen in that situation is that it's the Catholic party's responsibility to talk about this with their priest Mm -hmm. um, and the priest would then assist the Catholic party in applying for these dispensations from the bishop. And that would often involve the Catholic party and the priest both writing letters of recommendation um, to the bishop stating their reasons why they're wanting to still have a Catholic marriage but when one party is not Catholic. Yeah. And is that pretty common? But in Adelaide, definitely, yes. um, because of just the the history of of Adelaide being a fairly Protestant city and yep. the Catholics always being the minority, there's always been Catholics marrying yeah. non Catholics. Yeah. Um. So it's really um a, a protocol thing. Yes. <laughs> these days, I've I've never heard of um a, a you know permission like that being denied. Yes. Um. It's really like a stamp and a you know. Yep. Yep. Thanks for letting us know. Um, have a happy marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Be happy. Happily yeah. ever after. Yeah. Um, so is so is that the only thing that um, the couple needs to do if um, they marry a non-Catholic or are there other things that the non-Catholic party has to do? So the non-Catholic party doesn't necessarily have to do anything because we don't have any power over them as a non-Catholic. Um, the the responsibility is always on the Catholic party mm-hmm. to try and uphold the, the laws and the regulations of their own church. Um, so there is another requirement, which would be that the Catholic party needs to promise um, that you know their their faith life isn't going to be kind of disrupted by them marrying outside of someone outside of their church. Um, so there's three promises that are always made at a, yeah. at a Catholic wedding, uh, which is firstly, um, you know, the priest asks if you have freely and wholeheartedly come here, um, you know, of your own volition to enter into marriage. Then there's the question. Um, uh, will you do you love and uh, are you willing to love and honor each other for the rest of your lives and are you ready and willing to accept children from god mm. and to bring them up according to the law of christ and his church so these three questions would always be asked of the catholic parties yes. to a marriage so if they're both catholics they both answer those questions uh hopefully saying yes uh, and then um, in the situation that a Catholic is marrying a non-Catholic, then the Catholic would make those promises. But obviously the non-Catholic party needs to be aware of the promises that they are making kind of on behalf of both of them. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So does that come into play? So if the couple gets married in the Catholic church, um, will that, do their future children have to be Catholic or baptised? That's generally the understanding of that third question yes. when they say that they're willing to accept children from God and to bring them up according to, you know, the law of Christ and his church, um, that is kind of interpreted as if you have children, then, you know, you would bring them up as Catholics. You would have them baptised in the Catholic church. You would ensure that they would go through their sacramental program, you know, to, to receive First Communion and confirmation um, and, 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 yeah, and to, to continue to live the Catholic faith as a family. Um, even if one parent is not Catholic, mm-hmm. they're kind of saying okay, I'm not maybe I'm not fully ready to convert as such, but I'm fully supportive of this way of life for my partner and for my children. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do what I can, uh, even from outside of the church, to try and support that. Yeah. You know, so they really do need to be on board with that. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. 
And so what if um, a couple is like already living together or if they already have children, can they get married in the church? Uh, yes, they can. Um, obviously, the uh, there is a, a teaching of the church that says that you know a, a, a couple um, should not be in a in a sexual relationship um, prior to marriage. Mm-hmm. That you know that that sexual relationships always occur within the sanctity of marriage. Um, we also have to understand that in today's society, um, that is a rarity yeah. these days, and that for a multitude of reasons. Um, majority of couples do already live together before they come and get married. In that situation, it's just the church trying to help them understand that um, whatever ha- has happened in the past has happened. Yeah. You know, um, going forward, you know, your marriage is going to be in the Catholic Church and, and we are wanting you to live out that sacramental love in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, like if they've already had children, um, and everything like that. Again, it's not a no um, to getting married in the church, um, but at least for them to recognise, okay, that's not really how God intended us to do it, but it's happened anyway, um, you know, and, and there's always the possibility that a couple can come to the sacrament of reconciliation mm-hmm. uh, if they feel like there is a, a specific sinful aspect of the way that they've been living that they want to be absolved before they enter into marriage. Um or, or it could also just be a, an aspect of the couple going through some very good uh, premarital counselling to help them to understand um, what it is that the church expects of, um, of couples preparing for marriage. Um, and so with that premarital counselling, what does that involve? Do people have to do that if they get married in the church? I think most dioceses have um, different regulations on that, but I think most of them would mandate some premarital counselling um, before the couple um, actually, you know, on the day gets married. So um, here in the Archdiocese of Adelaide, we're very lucky that Centre Care, um, our Catholic kind of social services, um, do provide a lot of different programs for couples who are preparing for marriage, couples who are already married, mm. um, and, and families who are experiencing difficulties. Um, so there are premarital courses done through Centre Care, which obviously um, is great uh, because as a priest, as a celibate man, sometimes you do feel a little bit inferior um, telling uh, You're people, like, how tell, do you have this fight? Yeah, know, you yeah. know, telling people how to be married when you're not married yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can sometimes feel a little bit hypocritical or whatever. So I think definitely as a church, it's good that we work together and use all our different skills. So um, when I'm preparing couples, um, I go through a lot of kind of the theological stuff, like how we covered at the beginning of this podcast. I go through that with them. And then the more practical things of how do you have arguments, how do you work yeah. out finances, all of this sort of thing, I leave to the yeah. <laughs> I leave to the else. professionals. Yeah. <laughs> Let them talk it through. Yeah, yeah. Get, get advice from real married couples and also um, psychologists, counsellors, people who are trained in that area. Um, so I think it's a real gift um, of our church that we that we give couples this this um, preparation. Um, and it's a funny thing that when you're preparing a couple for marriage, legally, uh, we also have to provide them with a government form that also helps them to understand 
that the government wants them to have a good marriage. You know? <laughs> we all care about this, yeah. Yeah, so so there's a form that, that's called Happily Ever After, oh, um, and then the government is lovely. giving them kind of secular alternatives, um, Relationships Australia, organize, organisations like this that also are invested yeah. in helping married couples because the government as well as the church recognise that marriage and family are the basis of our society. Yeah. As soon as a marriage breaks down, it affects the whole family yeah. It and it, it takes up way more resources of the government um, and there's so many other you know breakdowns fall out things from it yeah yeah yeah. so together it's one thing that probably we agree on yeah um, is that we want marriages to be good to be healthy and to help build up our our whole society absolutely and um, having gone through the preparation myself um, it's really felt very holistic um, as well so all your your different aspects um, in preparing for marriage um, just really those conversations to help you go a bit deeper um, that we can refer back to throughout our marriage and learning sort of practical tools um, and having that accompaniment, especially when you're in a whirlwind of, you know, choosing tablecloths and, you know, <laughs> a million other things um, to actually have that really mandated, designated time to talk through what is the true meaning of this um, and how do we prepare for our lives together. Um, that's something that was yeah, really, really important to me and something that I see as a massive plus um, for getting married in the church. Thank you for listening to part one of Getting Married in the Catholic Church with Father Josh Nash. We have plenty more coming up in part two. We will go through the key parts of a Catholic wedding and ask more questions like, does a Catholic wedding need to be a mass? And does it have to be inside a church? We'll also talk about ideas of how to make your Catholic wedding personal and memorable. Here's a sneak peek of what's to come. However, in marriage, the action that makes the sacrament valid is the exchange of consent, Mm. the exchange of vows of man and woman to say, I will love you, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, So the priest actually doesn't make the marriage, the couple do. If you're not already, make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Youth Adelaide to stay up to date with all the latest information, resources and events. Until part two, see ya!